everyone. This is Dave DeBow with another episode of the Property Profits Real Estate Podcast. Today, we've got an investor spotlight special episode with our friend Dimitri Boudris, zooming in all the way from beautiful Stony Creek, Ontario. Dimitri, how are you doing today? I'm doing great. I appreciate you having me on the podcast today. My pleasure. My pleasure. So, Dimitri, you are a very active gentleman when it comes to real estate because you are not only a real estate investor, an active investor yourself, you're also a realtor. So why don't you tell us a little bit about your background in general in this wild and wonderful world that we call real estate investing? Yeah, sure. And so I started real estate investing in 2004. I was 24 years old. Not as a, as a aggressive in my 20s, but I invested in single family homes and student rentals and duplexes. And then my 30s, I kind of moved into multifamily and commercial. So that's kind of my background of the uh, investing. And yeah, so that, that was my start to it. All right. So you went from, well, first of all, hats off to you. Most 24-year-olds I know are not investing in real estate, myself included. I wasn't that smart when I was 24. So you got off to a good early start. And then you progressed from single family homes into small multifamily properties, and then into larger multifamily properties. And you talk about commercial as well. What does what does that mean to you? What is the difference between multifamily? Because I've people might have heard of commercial residential real estate and then commercial real estate. What's the difference? Well, the type of commercial that, I, that I've invested in are generally mixed-use buildings. So it may have one or two commercial units and then the additional units are um, residential. So for example, like I, I do have one like fiveplex and it's got two commercial units and three residential units. So I kind of find those ones, they work well for me. It's just, um, you know, the if there's a vacancy, it, it kind of just, just helps on a residential side if there's a commercial vacancy and, you know, that, that's the reason why I kind of like them. Yeah, definitely. No, that makes a lot of sense. So if you can remember way back when, to 2004, when you first got started, Dimitri, what was it that sparked your young mind at that time that real estate was a good thing to be investing in? Was there anything that really kind of sparked it? Was, um, so I'd read a book, Rich Dad, Poor Dad at the time. and Purple and, version, right? Way back then. Yeah, the purple version for sure. And it kind of opened my eyes a little bit. And at the time, I just you know was finishing up college and, and I saw that you know people were, were, people were renting student homes and uh, kind of saw the profits that were being made, but they were renting them per room. And I kind of thought, well, this, this is pretty good. And the main reason why to invest in real estate was basically for time and to have some options in my life. So, you know, by making some extra cash flow and having some financial freedom down the road from real estate, I, I could do what I want with my time. And that, that was the main reason. No, that makes sense. I mean, most people are getting into real estate investing because they want to create some sort of a freedom for themselves. They want to create time freedom uh, so they can do what they want, when they want, how they want. They want to create you know, financial freedom so they don't have to worry about where the next paycheck's coming in. They want to create perhaps location freedom so they can live where they want. Yeah. So that's so time freedom was really important for you even at a young age. So yeah, that's that is great. That's fantastic. So these days you're focusing on what some people would consider to be larger investments, larger deals, multifamily, commercial properties, or mixed-use residential commercial. Why do you like this strategy? What are what are some of the big benefits or the pros to doing what you're doing? 
the reason why I like it is uh, for like, as I mentioned to for vacancy as well, as well as like, if I do have like, if, for example, if you have a single family home, if there's a vacancy, you have a hundred percent vacancy. Mm-hmm. But if you have like a fourplex and you have one vacant unit, it's only a 25% vacancy. So that's one of the reasons why I like it. And it produces a little bit more cash flow as well, like uh, economies of scale. So the more units generally, it, it does do that. So that's one of the reasons why I do like it. And um, so it kind of it lowers your risk. Lowers because, my risk. Yeah, because you've got, like you said, right? If you've got a house that you're renting and you've got one family in the house and they move out, now you've got to find another family. And in the meantime, you got to cover all of those expenses. But if you've got a fourplex and one of your families moves out, well, you still got three families paying rent until you get somebody else into that vacant unit. So it, it can carry itself, or at least you're, you're not going negative on that property. Yeah. So definitely for sure. Cause sometimes the, the fourth unit, for example, may be all your cash flow. So for that time of vacancy, you know, we do have a vacancy reserve, of course, that we put aside for that, but mm-hmm. you know, generally speaking, it doesn't eat into your cash flow. So it's works out quite well. Yeah, well, that makes a lot of sense. Any other big benefit that you enjoy about multifamily investing? The reason why I like them is because I like to use the uh, Burr strategy. The what? What buy. is that? If so that's the right. the buy, renovate, rent, refinance, and repeat, okay. and it just works really well on on those type of buildings. And it's on, on which ones on the small multis or the commercial mixed use or both? It works on both. I, I just find the more units you have, it works a little better. It just brings the income levels up a lot higher. So it usually qualifies better for the refinance portion. Because basically with the strategy, we, we like to take, we like to be able to, to refinance our down payment, our renovation money, our closing costs all out of the property at that time. Mm-hmm. So generally speaking, you know, it usually works to pull out about majority of the money, I would say, because now property prices are a little higher, but it works quite well. All right. So for folks that aren't familiar with the Burr strategy, what kind of you're focusing? Let's let's use your most recent example that comes to mind. Let's say what kind of a property was it? Was it mixed use or was it a small multi? What what was it that you did your most recent Burr on? Most recent one was was a fiveplex. Okay. And that's what we did the Burr on and it worked quite well. We were able to purchase the property by getting some instant equity by getting a little little bit below market. Because it was an off-market deal, so you're uh, buying it. You were buying it directly from the seller. There wasn't a, another realtor involved. That yes, right? that's right. And, and it does work well, even on MLS. We 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 found great deals that way as well. Right. And and then we we renovated it and rented it at market rents, and then refinanced, and we were able to get, I believe, on that one about ninety five percent of our money out. Wow. Yeah. So it worked out quite well. And yeah. yeah. Go, go, go ahead. Yeah, and we usually do joint ventures now. So the nice part is, is the uh, the partner gets back the majority of their money on the deal, and certainly makes them quite happy. So, so for that example of that fiveplex, was this like an older property that was just kind of in rough shape, or was it mismanaged, or was it a combination of both? What was the situation? That, yeah, the, this one was kind of a combination of both. It was um, kind of mismanaged. Um, Couple vacancies, really bad shape. Which is which is quite a quite a bit at a five plex. Yeah. If you got a couple of vacancies, that's significant. Yeah. Yeah, it was the renovations just weren't what they called renovations weren't very good, and kind of need some interior and exterior work. And yeah, so it, it's kind of the properties that we do like. Yeah, for sure. Was, was this owned by like a like a 
sounds like it was owned by not a professional investor, but kind of like mom and pop kind of a person. Yes, that's correct. Or something like that. But what was the situation with the seller? Yeah, mom and pop and kind of operation. They tried to self-manage it, but we're so they probably lived in it and they're renting out some units. Is that kind of yes, that's right. Yeah. So they lived in one unit, rented out uh the other four, and they they just weren't selecting the the best tenants, like they they weren't screening them correctly, so they weren't paying rent and kind of damaged the place and stuff like that. So So they were they wanted to get the heck out of Dodge. Yes, that's right. Yeah, I, that's what you call a motivated seller. So you're able to get that property at a reasonable price. You saw the opportunity in there because A, it was a bit run down and B, it was mismanaged. So you bought this particular deal with a joint venture partner, investor partner came on board. They brought in the capital. Yes. You brought the deal. You brought the know-how. You did all the work. How long did it take to turn that property around? About uh, nine months. Okay, for, for this project, good. yes, that's pretty good. Where you did you keep some of the existing tenants in there, or or did everybody leave and you're able to renovate the whole place, or did you have to kind of do it? In- yeah, so we were lucky with this property. We were able to get vacant possession when we purchased it. That so, is, good, especially uh, in Ontario, right? That's yeah, really it's very tough to get, and but since we had vacant possession, we were able to start our renovations immediately. Mm-hmm. So that worked out quite well, and we were able to get the process moving a little quicker. That is very cool. So from your investor standpoint, very passive process for them. They put in the money. You did all the work. You and the team did all the work. And then nine months later, it sounds like they got most of their investment out, yet they're still owners in the property with you. Is that correct? Is that how it works? Yes, that's correct. Well, that sounds like a hell of a good deal for and, and generally. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, uh, and, and generally, what we do is if there's a little bit of money still left in the property, well, we'll use the positive cash to so we'll pay back our investor first. Right. Before okay. we start uh, drawing. Get them as all of their capital out as soon as possible. All right. Fantastic. So, what, what market do you like to focus on for these kind of properties, Dimitri? Right now, we invest in Hamilton, Ontario. I, I do live in Stony Creek, as part of Hamilton. Okay. So, uh, we'll, that's the city we would generally invest in, Greater Hamilton area. Why is that? I mean, anywhere in the GTA in that whole area seems to be on fire these days. Why do you like Hamilton besides the fact that it's your own backyard? The reason why we like Hamilton is because the economic fundamentals are pretty solid here. It, it's situated quite nicely between Toronto and the U.S. and the Niagara region. They, there, it's a very diverse um, employment market. So we have medical, we have um, steel, we have technology. There's a lot of construction happening here. So there's, uh, you know, because of that, it, it it helps to bring, you know, like more tenants and more work opportunities. So it's great, great for us for that. Yeah. Now, you, you've been doing this for quite a while now, Dimitri. Do you find you've, you've seen, you know, right now at the time that we're doing this, the market's on fire, but you've you've been through a couple of little market cycles along yes. the way. Have you found that, because you're investing in multifamily and mixed-use commercial multifamily-type properties, that they're, those kind of properties are able to weather the storm better than, let's say, a single-family home? So the recession of 2008, I did have single-family homes. Mm-hmm. And I wouldn't necessarily say that. I think what it mainly comes down to is not leveraging yourself too much. And like, for example, if the market rent is for you know 1300 
for a two bedroom, for example, like it is higher than that, but I'm just using this as an example. And, you know, you can really push your limit and get $1,600 a month. The calculations when you analyze your property, you want to do it at a more conservative number so that if you do end up having a vacancy in that unit and you need to re-rent it in a bad economy, at least you know that it's going to cover your expenses. You got some cushion. So, so that's generally what I've done is provided a cushion for myself. And, and that's how, how we've got through the uh, bad times. So at the end of the day, it's, it's just the numbers. I don't care if the property value goes down a little bit. I know it will go back up in the long run. Mm-hmm. It's just the way real estate cycle goes, but it's, it's you know just preparing properly and uh, giving yourself a good cushion. And also having a bit of a reserve fund as well. Yeah. Yeah. You've said that a couple of times. That's really smart to have that reserve fund because you never know when that rainy day happens, right? So good to have something put away for that. So Dimitri, you've been doing this for quite some time. You've got experience as a realtor as well. What would you say is when it comes to real estate investing, your unfair advantages? I think it's kind of finding creative ways to generate more income and in properties okay. maybe that some others don't see like what um, What's a good example of something like that? an example may be like you know adding lockers uh renting a garage on the property that someone didn't see the opportunity to do adding a, a laundry room stuff like that yeah, and so just adding when you say like lockers that. what what kind of lock like little mini storage, storage lockers yeah storage lockers that that tenants could could rent to store additional items uh, maybe yeah. it's 25 dollars a month or 50 dollars a month which doesn't which might not sound like much but that definitely adds up very quickly over time i mean if, it does yes yeah so the example where you've got the storage lockers how many lockers do you have on that particular property so like for example a, a fourplex we would, we have one for each tenant Mm-hmm. in the basement area so they can store their uh, you know it's big enough to put a bicycle in and some christmas decorations and different things like that so they don't have to you know have that in their apartment they can yeah. kind of free up that space that's nice and you charge an extra how much a month for for the lot uh, 25 dollars yeah. for for that type of locker so there's a hundred dollars a month extra pure profit coming to you because once you've got it set up there's no cost in maintaining that they bring their own lock for their locker and over the year that's 1200 bucks and that makes a big big that makes a nice little difference yeah all right same idea with a laundromat you you don't need a whole bunch of units for that to make make sense it usually works well with at least a minimum of three units but once we hit about four units we usually put two washers and two dryers and you know tenants do like it so that they don't have to run out to the laundromat in some cases, you can't always put in sweet laundry. There just isn't the space for it in some of the right. older buildings that we rehab. So by adding the laundry room, say in the basement space, it's um, it works out good for us because there's some extra income, but it also is the tenants really appreciate it because it's um, it's just one of those convenient things. They don't have to leave the building in the middle of winter to go to laundromat. And it's right yeah. on site. So. Yeah, that's smart. That's smart because... Yeah, all of those little extra revenue streams make a big difference on the bottom line. And also, depending on the size of the property, on the value of the property, because a lot of that's based on its profitability. So that's really, really smart. Very, very cool. So that's that's a very cool secret sauce that you've got there, Dimitri. Now, you've been doing this for quite some time. At the time that we're recording this, you know, we're looking at 16, 17 years, you've been investing in real estate, what would be the biggest lesson you've learned so far? Don't pass up on a good deal. And 
what I mean by that is in the past, in my 20s, especially, uh, I was self-funding a lot of my deals and, you know, trying trying to find ways myself to get the down payment. And, and you know, later on, after meeting people, even such as yourself that do joint ventures and did a lot of them, I uh, started getting in, into that and realized that, you know, there's a good deal. You, you have to find someone to help you buy that property, you know, whether it's a joint venture or private money. And I think that's a lesson I learned is don't pass up a good deal. <laughs> yeah, well, that's a good one, especially especially the more deals that you've seen come and go. So, so Dimitri, obviously you and I are enthusiastic about real estate investing. Do you think that it's for everyone, like being an active real estate investor like you are, going out and finding the deals, getting them under contract, raising the capital, getting the repairs done, managing the tenants, managing the property? Do you think everybody's cut out for that? I don't think it's for everybody, certainly being an active realtor, but I do think that to some degree, real estate investing can be for everybody, but some people may just want to do it passively. So they just want to invest the money and let somebody else take care of everything else. But it certainly can uh, do a lot for someone's life. Uh, there's, there's a lot of um, a lot of good things out of real estate, but yeah, but passively uh, is, is another way to do it. But definitely... Uh, doing all the work and being a working partner or a working investor may not be for everybody for sure. Right. So basically you think that real estate as an investment class is definitely for everyone. Just actively managing the deal itself is not necessarily for everyone, but everyone should be involved one way or the other. Yes. I think you put it in better words for me. (laughs) Well, this has been a lot of fun, Dimitri, and I want to congratulate you on, on everything that you've accomplished so far in your real estate investing career. Uh, it you. sounds like you're up to fantastic things. It sounds like you've got a ton of opportunities and a really good, solid market and a very good, solid strategy as well. So if people are listening to this and they want to find out more about Dimitri Boudris, what should they do? They can check out my website, comfortlivingproperties.com. Or they and they can get my email and phone number right off that site. Perfect. There you go. So I'll make sure we got a link to that. And Dimitri, thank you very much for being on the show. Thank you. Appreciate you having me, Dave. All right, everyone. Take care. We'll see you on the next episode. Well, hey there. Thanks for tuning into the Property Profits Podcast. If you like this episode, that's great. Please go ahead and subscribe on iTunes, give us a good review. That'd be awesome. I appreciate that. And if you're looking to attract investors and raise capital for your deals, then I'm going to invite you to get a complimentary copy of my newest book right back there. There it is. The Money Partner Formula. You can get a PDF version at InvestorAttractionBook.com. Again, InvestorAttractionBook.com. Take care.